Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hey everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the show, subscribing, commenting on iTunes. If you haven't done so, give us a five-star rating right now before the episode starts. Type in About Last Night podcast on iTunes. Click on that fifth star. Comment on the iTunes page. Helps us climb the charts. Uh, and uh, and that's, you know, that's good if we can climb the charts and, and become a bigger pod in the pod comedy world. Um, so many great episodes coming up. Bill Bellamy, Brett Ratner, the director of Rush Hour. Uh, it's uh, it's an exciting time. Uh, at some point, I'm going to have every cast member of Mad TV on the show, which is going to be great. We're going to just do a few weeks of Mad TV episodes, uh, which, by the way, premieres, holy shit, uh, next Tuesday, July 26th, CW. We had a full day of shooting today with two more former cast members. I can't say who yet, but they will both be on the podcast. Um, it's exciting, man. The show's coming together. It premieres July 26, 9 p.m. CW, set your DVRs. Uh, speaking of setting your DVRs, our guest today, I'm going to go on record by saying one of the funniest people on planet Earth. If you haven't seen this comedian live, you're missing out. You need to figure out a way to. Uh, in this episode, we break down his audience warm-up career, his baseball career, how he got into comedy, uh, how he influenced me uh, with his public access show in Seattle when I was in high school. He's a comics comic. He's one of the quickest minds I've ever seen, and everyone would tell you the same thing. And I'm talking about the one and only Brody Stevens, baby. Brody Stevens joins us first time on the ALN podcast, and... Definitely not the last. So enjoy the hell out of this episode. It was so fun to record. Brody is hilarious without even trying. He's also really great on Twitter. So follow Brody on Twitter at Brody is me friend. Uh, at Adam Ray Comedy for me. At Funny Brad. At Alan Podcast on Twitter for the podcast. At Alan Podcast on Instagram. Adam Ray 33 on Instagram. At Brad Williams Comic on Instagram. At Brody is me friend on Instagram. Uh, at com for all ALN merch, hats, shirts, mugs, posters. Those ET shirts and mugs and posters are up and available for order at estoymerchandise.com. So go get those and support the podcast that way. Live tour dates. I'm in town all summer at Mad TV shooting all summer in L.A. If you want tickets, by the way, I've posted a link on my Twitter and Facebook for live tickets. Or just hit me up directly through Facebook or email. Um... And, uh, and I'll, I'll get you some tickets to, to come see a live taping. Uh, the live taping we just had last week was insane. So uh, so much fun. If you want to be a part of that audience, hit me up. I'm in town doing shows two, three nights a week. Check AdamRayTV.com for all those dates. I update my tour page uh, every day. Um, I have one big show coming up. I'm headlining the Hollywood Improv next Saturday, 8 p.m., July 30th, Hollywood Improv. I'm headlining, uh, and I stack the show with... With some of my uh, pals and, and funniest comics in the game. Uh, Michael Anthony is hosting. I got Melissa Villasenor, Harlan Williams, Amir K, my fellow cast member on Mad TV, and Dan Cook. 
and uh, who, you know, is, uh, is a beast and one of the reasons that uh, got me into stand-up. Uh, and I've also got a few special guests lined up, so uh, get your tickets at improv.com for me headlining with some funny pals. July 30th, 8 p.m., Hollywood Improv. Come out and see us. Brad Williams is in Montreal from July 20th to July 30th doing a bunch of shows. If you're in Montreal at the festival, go see Brad. Uh, all his tour dates past that are at bradwilliamscomedy.com. Um, and shit, I think that's about it. So many fun episodes coming up. Mad TV in full effect premieres July 26th, 9 p.m. on The CW. And uh, don't miss it. So now that we got the tour dates out of the way, that's the Mad TV info. Those are the Twitter handles. That's the merch info. So now sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the one and only Brody Stevens. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a Jew, so why don't you sit down and listen to a dope podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of the day. So come on and treat yourself right. It's about last night. Street, I didn't like it. I couldn't breathe. My, there was no light. There was just, I didn't like it. Yeah. I'm a valley guy. Yeah, always. But, hey, when I tell you die. Tell you die. This isn't bad, meaning like, give me space. Yep. I'm not like <laughs> anti. This is bad. People like to hear in the valley stuff. Whatever. Do it. Do there you it. go. That's the right way. Yeah, the, the, the green thing on the right. I did this before at the. Uh, at the Laugh Factory, and if you guys were upstairs, remember? Oh, the, the Hollywood Factory. Improv, yeah. That night. Back in the day. What was yeah. that? That was like two and a half years ago, maybe. Yeah, at least. But we never aired that episode. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because the uh, computer crashed. Yeah. And we oh, lost that, a bunch of stuff. Now you tell me. <laughs> okay, so, um, so this is I fresh. just cut out real quick. Yeah. Are you good? Are you focused? What do we talk about? <laughs> Whatever you want, my friend. I do mean, you need, you've done a lot of podcasts, and you, and you have a podcast. You still doing Sometimes. it on the Death Squad? Uh, you mean Broden Esther? Yeah. On Death Squad? Yeah. No. I told Brad that earlier. No. Yeah. All right, well, Are we for- starting? I'm here for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll get two. Two. This keeps cutting out. But you want... I, I'll give you... This is my energy. Is it cutting out? It, well, it did for a second. Okay. When I do podcasts, it depends, you know... I don't really get loud. I keep it. I keep it mellow. I don't really mm-hmm. perform so much on them. Mm-hmm. I just don't because people don't get it. It could be annoying on a podcast. It's like it's on. Just put that. Yeah. There you so go. we also don't. Yeah. But this isn't a uh, performing podcast. Oh, good. You just be you. Yeah. Well, I'm mellow. Well, I also. You know, I, I got to do doing so much effing warm up. You are. You're doing the Undateable Live warm-up right now. Well, that's fine, you know, but that's the Periscope, actually. We'll have a gig today. I don't want to do... Warm- are we starting? Is yep. that how it goes? Oh, you just yeah. roll right yeah. into yeah. it. Yeah. Let's yeah. get going. You don't want to do warm-up. No, I don't want to do hell gigs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll make eye contact with you guys later. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. I don't, don't want to get roped in to, you know, a hell gig, meaning dealing mostly with audience that doesn't want to be there mm-hmm. 
a paid audience, yep. mm-hmm. not just fundraiser. That's okay. But, you know, bottom of the barrel, Los Angeles paid audience. It's just I can't be around the energy anymore of that. And that's what's caused me some problems, like doing some warm-up gigs. Uh, you know, it's just not fun. Yeah. And I'm, I'm working too hard. And here's the other thing. It's like I say, oh, I've done 3,000 television shows. Okay, mm-hmm. well, that's 3,000 times you're not on TV. Right. right. And that's 3,000 times you're putting out that energy – Still not on TV, but you're putting out the energy for other people, which is great. So I have no – I like that. I like that I've helped comedians, and, right. they, and they appreciate that because it does come back to you. And I never I would ever be like, I should be on this show. I mean, I'm just – I'm wired, you know, as a performer. It's like, here's a mic. Okay, I'll do it, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And like, yeah. that's kind of being, – Being the audience warm-up guy is like being wingman for your buddy. Like, he, like yeah, he's getting laid, but – He's like you're still necessary for for the process. Yeah, you got a. Yeah, I'm a I'm a wingman. I bring I connect the energy of the crowd to the performer. Yeah. You also make it look so easy, and I don't think people understand how not easy it is. That's a very difficult gig. It's not easy in a sense yeah. that you're dealing with people. It's who, not just about being funny. You're dealing with also people. You know, when to come in, when to not come in. Oh, yeah. Uh, people from all over, to, you know, um, and I guess that's what spots at the comedy store, I'm sure, Oh, make you stronger. With, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, for warm-up, for me, I've done a lot of basic cable, half hour to hour to tape shows. Yeah. Not like a sitcom where you're there all night yeah. and you're redoing and redoing. Yeah. But those guys make pretty good money. It's right. network, so they're there all night. and Four you're, or five hours. Yeah, and you're compensated for it. Sure. Me, I was at Best Damn Sports Show, which was back in the day. We'd, that was two to three hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basic cable on Fox Sports. And I got every high school football team from L.A., every <laughs> community college, baseball. So I really cut my teeth. It's not yeah. like it's yeah. a warm-up. You're, you can make relationships. You're getting paid a couple bucks. But I did that. I cut my teeth there. Then I went to Chelsea, and it was just... That was all comedy, which yeah. was nice, and it was like, okay, this is how it's supposed to be, right? Because yeah. that, that 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 audience is already tuned into comedy, whereas like best damn sports show, like 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 you said, it, it's a high school football team that isn't necessarily. Yeah, how would you relate to comedy? A high school football team, like, easy. Your, yeah. Well, I played sports. Oh, oh sure. he wants me to go in a high energy. Um, <laughs> no, well, the thing because because I played sport, I played sports. Right. Yeah. It was a sports show, right. and these are sports teams. So, so if I had guys slouching or like bad attitude even i go mm-hmm. look you play football right see that guy over there michael irvin michael strahan they're mm-hmm. super bowl rings three of them yeah would you like to talk to them well they don't want to talk to you because you're not bringing it let's go so you get on and the coaches would love it I, they, i would never ever say a coach hey take it easy on my guys never would i had you? one teacher at one time well teacher but, did what yeah Said I was being too hard on the guys, but they were special ed kids, oh. and they had been there too. Not special ed meaning like continuation, but like edgy kids. Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha. special edgy kids. Yeah. Oh, edgy. Okay, not <laughs> continuation school. Gotcha. I'm. Okay. They're done by twelve. Play right. ping pong. Done by twelve. <laughs> that's what I would get. That was that particular guy. You know, it's you know, it's like anything when, and that's the thing. You would get repeat audiences. I go, can you get another high? Can we stop with uh, Marshall and North Hollywood High sure. School baseball? <laughs> Let's mix it up a little bit. <laughs> would you? Uh, would the coaches? You had to rag on coaches at some point, and the kids must love that, right? If you sing, yeah, out. I would just, yeah. You know, but again, it, but 
Yeah, of course. It was like they're sports guys, so you yeah. can like get on them and they get on you. And that and that was the thing. I feel like can't they lay they like it. People are afraid to get on people. They're right. afraid. It's like these kids want to be yelled at. Yeah. They want direction. They want somebody who cares. That's they want they they want a coach they can follow. And I feel like like you said, your uh past experiences in sports really helped you relate. Um I do the uh Rose Bowl comedy show uh, every year where you, where you perform for the for the two Rose Bowl teams at the improv. Oh yeah. And like I've seen so many comics like bomb because they're like they're in a room full of jocks and they can't like Connect. command and they're just like um so like and they're like nerd guys so right. they're like so they're like they're in a room full of the guys Boy, that that's used a to, poorly cast lineup. You have yeah. to know I mean, I guess you know. I, yeah, I won't say any names, but like, yeah, I've, I've seen like really good comics go, go up there, and, and they're surrounded by the people that used to bully them in high school. Exactly. So they're like, so so they're oh. totally scared. But this is your chance to fight back. Yeah. yeah. And the and, athletes and like it, it when you get in their face. How right. dare you dish? I'll slap that chicken yeah. wing out at you. I'll go at you. They like that. They like of the course. face. And that's, that's what I would do. Yeah, that and like, and then when I do the shows, they, they, they love when I do it because I'm four foot nothing and I'm talking to a 300-pound lineman. Like, Great visual. Like, I'll fucking kick your ass. <laughs> I mean, you'll, there you like, jump on them. Have you, like, jumped on a 300-foot-pound lineman yes. from the stage? Like, stage dive on him. <laughs> I, you could do that. I, like, what? What am I gonna do? Hurt him? No, no. you won't. It'll be no. fun. It'll be funny. You should like, do it like, this year. It's like one of those koala backpacks. <laughs> you, know? you could jump on a guy on a three hundred foot guy or yeah. three, you know, three hundred yeah. pound. Yeah, three hundred yeah. foot. Well, I mean, he looks 300 feet to me because yeah. I'm because I'm very tiny. But no, I I could jump on him and land on him like he's one of those like giant stunt crash pads, like those guys. <laughs> but you'll bounce off buildings. him. Yeah, I distinctly remember talking about football guys yeah. when I, I did the NFL show that was on Saturdays. Yeah, uh-huh. so we had we had. Brody, I, I remember. You I, remember that show? Well, because I did a segment with my buddy with the Vuvuzela one time, and you were there on that panel <laughs> at Fox Sports. You don't remember it? No. But I came. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You've done, I was on the panel. Yes. You were. Oh. It was like you. You were part of that show. It was locked like, out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Add it to the resume. Uh, I, I'm serious. I'm going to go back. And, yeah. Uh, so wait. This was. Yeah. This was maybe like 2012. Okay. Or, yeah. Yeah, well, I did the NFL show yeah. also, and that was on Saturdays. That was with Michael Irvin, and uh, Tony Saragusa was on it. Yeah. yeah. So it was in studio all the time. They had a band always at the end. We remember we had Jurassic 5. They nice. were good. Hey, awesome. And, um, but I remember Saragusa, I jumped on him, like jumped in his uh, – <laughs> he's like, you know, I just – Fell, I bounced off him. That's yeah. how big he was. Wow. And I'm a, you know, I weigh 200 and something pounds, 215 sure. or whatever. You're a built and, dude. And I jumped on him and I just fell back. These football guys are big. They're solid muscle, too. They're, well, Tony Saragusa, I don't know. But he, <laughs> he's a great athlete. He was fast right. well, and he was, you know. It's like those guys, it, it's amazing when you see a guy like Vince Wilfork. Oh uh-huh, yeah, like three hundred and twenty-five pounds, fast. just run like a like like, like a four nine forty. You're like, how the fuck does that yeah, happen? It's not. Yeah, it's just that's, you, you, you shouldn't be able to be that big, but move that quickly. It's amazing. Yeah. Now you say you say all the athletes on like Best Damn were, um, or I'm sorry, just athletes in general, like at the Rose Bowl show, want you to like give them shit. Yeah. But I I have heard stories from like the ESPYS and stuff how a lot of the athletes, especially when you you know when the host would make jokes about athletes and they cut to them. And then none of them are into it. And then I've heard rumors. Somebody even told me once 
and I don't want to even believe that's true, that Ken Griffey Jr. like complained at one time at the ESPYs afterwards because he didn't like a joke that was made about him and they didn't have a good sense of humor about himself. I feel like that was somebody just trying to fucking take me down a peg and crush my childhood <laughs> dreams and tell um, me Griffey's not a good guy. I'm but, pretty sure. But I feel like you he's dealing with so many... Yeah, you know him. Yeah. And? Loves me. <laughs> I've done shows for Ken Griffey Jr. What? Yeah, I oh, did. You the, just became Adam's hero. Yeah, he was already my hero, dude. <laughs> well, he was on Best Damn Sports Show once or twice. Yeah, yeah. So I saw him there. We probably remembered my face because when I when I did a show in Orlando, it was for the Major League Baseball Players Association. And he lived there. Yeah, he lived there. Yeah. So. Justin Verlander was there. Frank Robinson. I'd done. I'd, I'd done it for like three years. Matt Bronger and I actually did that gig. It was through Funny or Die. I wow. think originally booked it, and then they ended up bringing me back the next couple years. I mean, so I performed for a lot of these baseball guys. Oh my god! Some of them were rookies then, and those are some of the most fun shows you've ever done. Um, not necessarily because it's tough. It's tough. These the, yeah. the baseball guys are tough. Yeah. And for me now, I think it would be easier now because my experiences right. and all that. But going on, you know, five six years ago, whatever it was, that was. Uh, yeah, I did good. They yeah. liked it, yeah. but it's still. I think I would do better now. Is not it, only because I'm a better competitor, yeah. but do you think is it baseball players have they take themselves a little too more seriously than football players? Is that part of it or just? Some do. I yeah. mean, there's some guy like every team. There's some like serious guys. There's some, uh, some, you know, you have different backgrounds. Conservative, not too many liberal guys. I would say. Mm-hmm. So it's again, you're doing comedy for jocks. I did comedy for the Texas Rangers. I came out. That one was again nerve wracking. Sure, because it was one of my first ones, but it was fun. But what got me prep for that is I played baseball at Arizona State yeah. so I would do the banquets I come back and do the alumni game this is all the alumni stuff, the banquets, the golf tournament so I always had these major leaguers in the crowd Yeah, right. So ever do any like uh, little league pizza parties and just shit on the kids and be like, <laughs> no. you fat fuck you're never going to be anything, keep eating that pizza Wow, Toby. Who's this Toby character? Uh, as someone who used to bully Adam no, as a child. No, Toby might have been me because when I was in the fifth grade and I was a real big kid, and I and real big is being generous. Uh, you were overweight. Yeah, and uh, I want to say I was. I like Adam eBay overweight. Yeah. Oh, really? Like maybe like one seventy in the fifth grade. Oh, okay. So he that's was big. He he was like a that's mini big. like a mini Vince Wilfork. Um, but go. I was fast, and as I've mentioned on this podcast before, we've coined the phrase "I was quick fat." Quick fat, I like it. <laughs> yeah. Quick fat, as opposed to like quick sand, quick fat. That's <laughs> yes. what, what comes to my mind. Yeah, I will say this. No, I don't really yell at kids. I'll tell you why. Um, we I like had that to justify it. <laughs> I'll tell you why I don't yell at kids. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've um, I've done coaching instruction, Joe Torrey baseball camp. I've worked winter camps with kids. You know, up yeah. to like yeah, yeah. twelve years of age, five to twelve. I'm good with them. The kids. You know, there you, you gotta. I'm good. I'm good with it. I yeah. get it. Um, you could be. I don't think I was. I could ever be too tough. But there was a time, best damn sports show. There mm-hmm. were a bunch of fourth graders. Now these aren't. You know, all kids cry. But they were. It was, <laughs> it was like it's a, a great preface. Yeah. But it was take your kids to school day, or yeah, they're yeah. going on a get to see best damn sports show. Being. Sure, gotcha. And I remember this kid was over there going, "Hey, buddy, what are you doing over here? Let me see your pass." Like that, and he started crying. Oh. And I and I, I, I like I, 
you know, they started crying. Yeah. Because I kind of teased them about. Yeah, sure. He wasn't not, ready for that. Right. So at that point, I said, you know, you can't really, you got to really be sensitive. Because you don't want, it looks bad. Yeah. I made a kid yeah. cry. And uh, is there anything more horrifying, whether you're a kid and you're, and a, a, a kid you're playing with starts crying, or even as an adult and you're like talking to a kid and all of a sudden you like burst into tears like that? Like, I think no matter what age you are, you're like, oh God, oh, what do I do? Yeah. yeah. Well, like, looking it's, it's back, it's so scary. But the kid didn't play sports. Okay. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. He was there for like, who takes who? who go- what fourth grader is going to a TV show? Or what, a four-year, whatever he was. If it's not Saved by the Bell, I don't know. Yeah. You could yell at some kids. Some, yeah, sure. You know, like I said, these, you know, when you're, they're younger, you got to like, you know, but a high school kid, F it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sit yeah. the F up or get out. I like it. But here's the other thing. You learn, not necessarily with sports kids, but maybe just with the, these kids in general. For example... I would get a lot of the Latino kids. I'd get all black, or I'd get all Latino, mm-hmm. all Asian. So you mm-hmm. learn actually what you can say, yeah. and what you can do. Yeah, you got to like that's a that's a that's tight great. rope. Yeah, but I remember I would have the the a lot of the uh, Latin the the, the Latino kids, yes. and they would be there a lot of them with their girlfriends, like putting their arm around them. You know, it's like they get real I, sexual I, real early. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, then numbers are proof. <laughs> but. I wouldn't make I, 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 those guys get sensitive. It's like I wouldn't do that to them. You could tell like certain guys, like a white guy with a girlfriend. Yeah, I'm gonna go after you. Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll put you on blast in a right. funny way. Yeah, right. But a Latino kid, they're very, I don't do that. It's no. like they're a little sensitive. Yeah. yeah. So you learn That's that, and it's not ahead. about like you just learn that. Yeah. So you let people be Asian kids. You can kind of go at for being smart. Yeah. Or yeah. like turning. How dare you? You know what? They you, they get it. They can choose to get you or not. Sure. They can like, okay, we'll, we get you. We're yeah. smarter than you. Yeah. And we'll laugh. <laughs> but then they can go, you know what? We could easily say no to you. Yeah. You know that, right, Brody? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm a good guy. Wow. <laughs> you feel that. And you just oh, yeah. you learn that from just doing it. That's incredible experience that you gain to just take into every other comedic situation uh, after that. What about black people? Always receptive? <laughs> black people like when you come at them. You yeah. come at them and you learn, uh, you know, the fake they like the confidence, the arrogance, the, the, you know, the fake stuff, yeah, actually. Right. Because I had a friend. I performed in New York, right? So I lived in New York from 97 to 2000. Mm-hmm. So I did uh, – I barked at the Comedy Cellar. Okay. I, would, I did late-night spots. I was passed at Stand-Up New York. So I did late-night spots there, but a lot of Lower East Side, Luna Lounge, Hipster, yeah. that kind of alternative stuff. Mm-hmm. I was doing all that. Surf reality, collective unconscious. Is that kind of where you really honed your style? Like, I'm curious when what you do now really took shape. Well, a lot of it was warm-up. The yeah. reason, you know, here's the deal with the warm-up. When you have it on a consistent basis, 1,000 shows, for example, at Best Am or Chelsea, you're, it's like you have a, your own little survey every day. You've got a group yeah. of, you know, they're not a stranger. I mean, they're not, it's not stand-up, but you've got a group of... 80 people you can do like you're you're learning psychology group psychology how their energy really does affect the show if you want to go not necessarily into comedy but stand-up world but technical world hollywood when they're not bringing that energy when they're slouched things go wrong lights go out teleprompter doesn't work 
the talent could really feel the energy. Yeah. My mm-hmm. whole idea is I try to connect the audience with the talent, not just, hey, we're energy, and then every 10 minutes, hey, that's the way to the crowd. I like to actually make them feel like they have an investment yeah. in these guys. So that's kind of was my selling point. Same thing with, you know, at midnight or Chelsea. I never, ever gave away candy at those shows best damn after 90 minutes i would give out candy yeah and th- and that's not a metaphor just for our listeners because there are a lot of audience uh warm guys that actually literally give out candy oh yeah the, just some like, of them have belts you yeah. know full of like uh you know fanny packs full of candy by the way you're 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 getting adam very excited right now talking about belts full of candy but there you uh, go. well like and, and you're you more than almost any other comic i've i've ever seen you're big on like audience analysis you will like stand up there and literally look at your crowd and if someone's on their phone you love to point it out if someone's talking you, you, you point out like you you don't let anything slide like if they're wearing like a boston red sox cap then that like stirs it's amazing too the like plethora of knowledge and info you have like of a place or a look or a vest or like you know like it just spawns does your brain always work like that, where you see like a certain coat and you're just like, you know, Back to the Future, yes, great movie. Well, and then you go into, you know. I could do that. Yeah, yeah. things will trigger it. Yeah. And a lot of that has to be with energy. It has to be also where I'm at. Yes, I can do it, but I feel like it can't be forced. Like, where am I from? What? Are... But it's energy. That's all it is. Yeah. And it's just, people can learn this. Yeah. People can learn body language. I can tell. Arms cross negative. I know that. <laughs> I went to Arizona State. I studied nonverbal communication. I played okay. baseball at Arizona State. We yeah. learn all about positive energy and being supportive and focusing on what's good. So, like, if you play golf, guys go, oh, what did you shoot today? I shot, uh, you know, uh, 90, or I shot, you know, five under. Mm-hmm. And I remember our story of our coach. He said, what did you shoot? And he go, I shot 20. What? He goes, yeah, 20. 20 good shots. All he thought about, you know, you focus on... I mean, that's an extreme yeah. example, sure. Sure. I think. But you can never say, don't strike. It's just basic stuff. Don't strike out. You want to say, get on base. You know? And so we learned that about positive self-talk, yeah. visualization. I couldn't do it back then. And we had the top guys. Every baseball team now has mental coaches. Yeah, sports psychologists. Sports psychologists. Right, right. At right. Arizona State. That's one industry now. Exactly. And one reason why I went there is because I knew at Arizona State we would have access to the major league. Um, right, because of, of the uh, spring training. Exactly. So, yeah, that, 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 that whole system. Yeah, like when I was a fat kid, it, was like, it, wasn't like, <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, you ate 15 Pop-Tarts in one sitting. It was like, do you know how many I got in my mouth at one time? I'm focusing on the positive. About positive energy. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That, that, that's a way to look at yeah. it. Yeah. That's a positive Pop-Tart. <laughs> Positive pop tart. <laughs> See, I mean, I, yeah, you. They know. should release those positive pop tarts. Like uh, the, the pop tarts, little like uh, uh, positive affirmations, like burned into the bottom of the pop tart. Like That's a great idea. Hey, yeah. Little fortune cookies on the bottom. Have I like the s'mores have a day today? S'mores pop tarts are Smi- maybe smile at people. You know, like just yeah. little things like burn into the. Give Pop-Tart. a stranger a hug. Brown sugar pop tart. <laughs> there you go. I love brown sugar maple brown sugar. And I'm not. I'm not. Here's the deal. I didn't cr- recreate. Or create the wheel. I'm doing like scientific situations. Right. Yeah. So I'm just following that. And comedy is so into like, you know, you want to be different. That's Mm -hmm. why I shaved my beard. Everybody's got a beard. Shaved it. Really? Yeah. It's like everyone, you got to be yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if I, I just feel like this is myself and 
as I'm going off, I'm looking at lights, digital, digitalizing lights. <laughs> but yes, warm up is great. It really helped me. But or like saying early on, you gotta, you want to go to that affect more people. Yeah, you can make more money. Let's be honest. And I, I'm at the point now where I'm 45, and I feel like okay, I could be smarter. You know, you work hard, but you want to work smart. Yeah, I, you know, I love that. Like, cause you, cause one of your catchphrases is literally you go on stage and say positive energy it does work yes and this is not just a get her done type catchphrase like there's like a mantra behind it that you're actually preaching you didn't start saying that to sell t-shirts you started saying that on stage because why well i don't always i mean here's the deal i don't always say i don't really say it all that much i do have a positive it became infectious so you're right you don't say it all the time but it was became such an people love you so much and it picked up and it became infectious because again nobody was Nobody had that in them. But it's also funny to say that. It's funny to be a sports psychologist guy. Like, positive energy does work because it worked for me because I was not going for it in terms of running. Let's say getting trained in college, we had to run. I hated running. It was like, Mm -hmm. that's negative right there. Didn't like it. Wasn't into it. And then I had to make it fun. And mm-hmm. go for it. So that's why I go, yeah, they would like threaten us with running. Running was bad. Right. Where you're bad, you're going to run. Mm-hmm. So I had to make it positive. So you're going to make you're going to run Mill Avenue. You go run to Mill. That's a, like a two mile run. I, I was go, just there. There you go. Mill Avenue in Tempe. Yeah. And I go, Mill Thrill. Yes. <laughs> so I started doing that and we started like laughing, but we're running. Right. And then it would be, you guys are running hardy. Hardy party. Priest feast. <laughs> um, so that's what I just named them and had yeah. fun with it, and it made me run better. Right. So that was one example. Now, you, you know, you, gotta be, you could be annoying. Not that I would always do it, yeah. but those, look, sure, made running better for me. But I think yeah. you, and you, and you've, you apply that to most, I mean, and that's also the sign of a true comic where you take some sort of, you know, not uh, favorable situation and you make it be- You choose to make it better by making light of it. Same thing. When I was pledging a fraternity at USC, uh, we had to run in our suits around campus, like late at night, like after eating like burritos, like these yeah. giant massive burritos at this little swanky uh, Mexican restaurant uh, in the hood. And, uh, and then we had to run in our suits full. And I remember just being in the back, being like, "Do you guys mind if we can swing by Quiznos real quick? I got some coupons." And I knew that some of these guys weren't going to be friends of mine because they were like, shut the fuck up, Ray. Take this serious, man. Oh, and I was God. like, oh, I had a guy like that. And the guys running that, and in the, suits. And the guys that <laughs> laughed. And then I was like, I was like, seriously, man, these coupons expire. And I would come in. I'm like, they expired tonight. We, it's, we're real close. Just swing by. And this is like in our like ninth lap. I mean, yeah. it's a time when you're just, you're trying to focus on getting through it. Nobody wants to make light of it except for me because I'm like, this is the only way I can handle it. Right. And then a couple of the guys who I'm still lifelong friends with were laughing and started chiming in with me to piss off the guys that were not into it and I was like oh okay cool like that's other guys in the line are like dude Ray's got some sick coupons yeah, yeah. but if you <laughs> don't like do stuff like that I mean it would have been a tumultuous experience for you to right you could have had a if you didn't like to run and then you had to go through all that then baseball all of a sudden becomes a just a negative cloud over that, right? If you don't choose to Well, make- you have to be positive because it's a long season. You're playing with all these different guys. You want to play? You want to win? You want to be good? You got to visualize good stuff. Did you take steroids? No. <laughs> but I, I by playing baseball mm-hmm. and then I went up to Seattle. See, yes. I didn't know I was going to I had no idea like I'm going to be a warm-up. I want to work on a sports show. You thought you were going to be a, you thought you were going to be facing Nolan Ryan at some point. 
facing well pitching. He was a good hitter too. He hit a home run. He said home runs. Um, well, I wanted to play baseball. So I was a wicked right hook. Just ask uh, Robin Ventura. There, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Clocked him several times. That was great. <laughs> I was totally into baseball. That's what I wanted to do. I liked throwing. I mean, I, I got picked on. Don't get me wrong. It didn't, you know, I didn't like that part of it. I, I, the it was still fun. I love pitching. The, the fraternizing. Yeah, or just, yeah, that kind of stuff. I wasn't into it. Again, I wasn't into, like, being a, a jerk, really. Yeah. I'm a nice guy. And that is a piece of baseball, yeah? Yeah, I, I think some of that yeah. jock behavior, which I'm not really into, to be honest. You were like, can't we just be here and, like, work hard and get good and, exactly. and make yeah. it to the show? Like the fact that we're yeah. playing a game. Or yeah. go as far as we can go. Yeah. 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 So, care. And we were pretty good. It was a good experience for me in high school. But I went to college and still wanted to play baseball. I guess I was funny along the way, but I always wanted to play baseball, and I took it as far as I can go. And I wanted to go get an education. I just knew this. I just knew by common sense, go to college, play sports, don't mm-hmm. do drugs, don't mm-hmm. drink, drink a little bit in college, yeah. respect authority, yeah. don't get arrested, yeah. don't uh, steal. Don't do that stuff. By the way, these this has been all, life lessons. These are basic. Stevens. No, these are things that we're all going to put on the strawberry Pop-Tart. <laughs> like, these are yeah. the positive affirmations. People need to be told that. These aren't even just positive affirmations. These yeah. are just, like, rules that are just should be ingrained in you. And when I say positive affirmations, like you said, tumultuous. That made me, that made me coil, recoil. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't say negative words. Words are, words are thoughts. Thoughts are things. Gotcha. That's just me. That's another reason why I don't curse. I feel like... Yeah, you don't. I never cursed in front of my dad. I was intimidated. Sometimes I'd curse in front of my mom. I would curse around playing sports and all that. But when I cursed on stage, mm-hmm. people didn't like it. I felt I was a big guy. I'm kind of this, you know, yes. aggressive. And I felt like That's whenever I said idea. the F word, yeah. fuck, it would... Shifted the energy in the room. It would like... Yeah, exactly. So I didn't like that. And then also... When I learned to public speak, selling T-shirts at Key Arena for the Seattle Supersonics. What? Oh, you didn't know that? Oh, come on, Adam. I got tons of stuff. <laughs> Bro, you, you are such an integral he's, part of my childhood he's indirectly. Hung out, he's hung out with Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, yeah. He's throwing hugs, T-shirts out. Hugs me. Oh. Griffey hugs you? Yeah. And says what? Just gives me a hug. It's like, great job. How you doing, man? One of those deals. Adam, do you want to give... Brody a hug right now oh. because he's hugged. We'll do a fist pound now. We'll do a fist pound. I had a, I had Griffey's chocolate bar. I mean that was a big deal. And again, here's an adjustment to how much of a fat kid I was. I bought that collector's edition Griffey chocolate bar. Put it in the freezer in a box. And yeah. you ate it eventually. Oh. <laughs> I would have saved that. It would be worth money right now. So would have I, Brody, if I hadn't been hungry on a Tuesday afternoon when mom wasn't home. So you and the, let you and the could, spaghetti was sparse. You couldn't. You couldn't control yourself. No, I get it. I understand. I, yeah. I had problems. Self discipline like was not. Uh, but that's how we my, are. Is he, Hebrew type guys were very sensitive and instinctive, and we can't control ourselves. Yeah. So we enjoy the moment. Well, I was eat- I was eating during the uh, you know it was the, the folk split. You know, you're eating your feelings at that. Oh, point. I had that feel. I yeah. had that folk split. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're broken families. It's made us mm-hmm. tougher. It does. It has made. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, you know, there's certain things maybe like there's certain male advice that I feel like maybe I missed out on. But you do um, have a but, sensitive side. But yeah, but my mom is the shit, and I feel like she did. Like I, you know, I. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe my dad would have told me, like, to pull out. I don't know. Like, well, pull I, out. I don't know. Pull how? Out. You have a child that I know of? <laughs> that I don't know of? Yeah. Pull out. Yeah, What's yeah, going no, on? No, 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 no. Yeah, it's turned into a very serious. I know. This is uh, about last be, night. Is, this, 
And this is your son. Bring him out. I, oh, my God. Bobby Ray. Bob, gee, how dare you think I would name him Bobby? <laughs> What's wrong with Bobby? Oh, nothing. Bobby Ray. I well, like it makes that. me think of Bobby Ayala, an ex-Mariner pitcher. There you go. Okay. I, I also work for Cairo Sports. That's why, you know, because my attitude was, okay, I took baseball as far as I can go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got sick of the jock behavior, the, the, the attitude, meaning that. I just, I was always, uh, I got it. I was above it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would, you know, what they weren't malicious. It's never malicious. It was never like Jew that. It was like Jew, like they were, it wasn't malicious. Yeah. And I always go, like a non Jew usually is. Jews saying, I go, Jesus was Jewish. (laughs) Good comeback. You want to go there? (laughs) I'm spiritual. We're we're in Arizona right now. (laughs) My. My father was born here. My grandmother was raised here. Where do where do UFOs land? <laughs> Don't. So I would like get in their heads actually, and it's funny. But so once I took an acting class, I had some extra credits my last semester there, yeah. and I said I'm going to take a acting class. And I took an acting class, and I was like, wow, it's supportive. And there's girls in there, yeah. And yeah. it was I tried to be serious, but they I, they would laugh at me, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it was like, all right, I took another acting class because I felt like I had to learn yeah. if I wanted to be an actor, like follow my instinct of somehow getting positive attention. Yeah, because people, oh, Brody, you're funny. Because baseball had to work super duper, super very hard at just to be on the team. By the way, not enough adults. Over super 40, duper. say super duper. I know, that's crazy. So, no, no. I, you know what? Super duper hard. Embrace that. Embrace I think, it. Yes. I, I, think it I, I think it brings a childlike uh, atmosphere to the room. I've got a glow-in-the-dark super duper ball. Yes. <laughs> Give me some concrete stairs. I'll hit a bomb off the kingdom ceiling. You got to get every reference. Ken Phelps, my friend. Ken Phelps. Yes. Jesus. My uncle washed the... Uh, umpire's uniforms wow. at the kingdom. How did he get wow. that job? He had his spick and span cleaners. You know where spick and span clean? God, that's a racist place to say. <laughs> I was like, man, if he if he's Latino at all, that's not going to work out Spick well. and span cleaners. And uh, wow, looking back, I have a yeah, racist family. I, I've gone, I'm like Ben Affleck on the PBS special. I have a racist family with... Uh, References. So Okay, so you get in the acting class. And yeah, you're like, took the acting class, cute girls, people are laughing. This is where you start recognizing, oh shit, I've got a... I've got uh, a gift for comedy. People are laughing consistently. At well, not like. necessarily. I mean, people were laughing around the. I knew I was funny around baseball. Yeah. Like I'd make the guys laugh, but yeah. I wasn't the funniest guy on the team, and I wasn't a performer. Like I'd make the guys laugh in McDonald's. I'd make the guys sure. laugh like on the road. You know, yeah. there's always a few guys I'd that hang and I'd hang out with some guys too. You wouldn't think, oh, Brody and this guy that go see a movie as friends. Yeah, you know, so you you get weird like friendships, you know, from roommates and all that stuff. But I made people laugh, and people like picking on you know typical stuff. Yeah. But it didn't feel good necessarily, and it, I didn't feel like it didn't make me feel confident. I knew I had something, but I wanted to f- see where it went. That's why I took the acting class. Yeah, and I didn't do stand up. Never ever did stand up in Arizona, and also to me, it's not a just not that creative vibe. It's they, it, they, they, it's too sunny. It's too. I was into sports. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. golf. So anyway, took the acting class. People were laughing. I go, oh, okay. Took another acting class. It was just hard for me to put that. Like a square peg into a, a, a yellow hole. Right. <laughs> or round. Whatever. 
It's very hard was for that, me to put a was square. Was that a metaphor your acting teacher taught you? A square peg into a yellow hole. <laughs> like a glory hole full of urine? I think you're pretty tr- sure Gandhi said that. <laughs> Does that mean you couldn't cry? You couldn't. Was that a metaphor for you couldn't do the uh, exercise where you like, where they're like, all right, now you're. Picture yourself being born. Exactly. Yeah. I can't do that. I yeah. can't go there. I can't. Rev- yeah. I can't remove those layers. Mm-hmm. But, and I was. I, t- I just wasn't. I wasn't even good at public speaking. But I felt that I. I enjoyed it. And then I was done with baseball. I actually, coached my last year. They kept me around. I, I knew I had something where the coach is keeping you around. They're yeah. paying for your school when you're done with your arm injury. That's he all. goes, mm-hmm. stick around. I'll pay for your school. I got to go to the College World Series. I didn't do anything. Holy shit! I was in right? uniform. All I had to do is count the heads on the bus. But when I was done playing, you know, a free ride for that. Oh yeah, uh, Omaha, Nebraska. You got it. Rosenblatt Stadium, 1993, and then. <laughs> I got to coach first base on the road. Coach Brock, again, liked having me around. So he would, on the road, well, he wanted to coach in the, he used to coach third base. So then he went to the dugout. And the graduate assistant couldn't travel on the road. Okay, I could. I still had eligibility. So I coached first base. Even though I did nothing for first base. First base, you don't do much. Third base is when you got all the signals. Yeah, right? I never did it. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just there for positive energy. What, what? You got it. You're on base. <laughs> think yep. of, think about stealing. It. Back. <laughs> Back. He's got a quick move. Yeah. And then the, I just remember the dugouts like yelling at me, nose jokes. I just didn't like it. Jesus. I didn't like it. It That's didn't feel, it doesn't feel good right. with like personal attacks. And you I can't didn't defend like yourself. It. No, nobody wants a first base coach that's turning around going, shut the fuck up or yeah. shut the frick up in your case. Yeah. Well, I curse back then. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't not curse, but can I, am I going to be able to, my thing is, can I curse selling t-shirts for the Seattle Supersonics? Can't do it. Nope. Could I curse? Being a tour guide at Radio City Music Hall, which I was. Can't do it. Wow. Could I curse being a barker at the Comedy Cellar? Mm, maybe, maybe, maybe not. It's New York. But still, you're trying to you know, uh, present a product that you know, you're representing. You know, and you uh, yes, I'm, a, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm smart. I'm yeah. smart of where I'm at. And then when I was at Best Damn Sports Show, I was constantly told by George Greenberg, head executive, very important guy, still there, creator of stuff. Runs it, Brody. You got to be, got to keep it G, PG, keep it clean. Really, every day harped on that, not being dirty. And I, I will, I don't curse when I do warm up. I don't do any of that. I'm very it's kind of ingrained in you now. Exactly. So yeah. that's why I learned that. So it's not to say I won't cuss, and it's not. I mean, yeah. and I'm look. I have negative energy sometimes when I'm hungry or when that might be the I'm in a hurry. Yeah, that <laughs> might be when people are most upset. I was talking about that with somebody the other day about uh, how, like, the things hum- that are humanly possible when you're hungry. Like, you literally, there have probably been marriages that have ended because oh, yeah. some guy just didn't get a bag of Funyuns quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> I've made mistakes being, I mean, I've yes, yeah. hunger is a big thing because, yeah. and especially doing warm-up, where you're physically into it. Yeah. I mean, your heart rate's going up. You're dealing with people. You're sweating. Yeah. You yeah. got to eat. Yeah. There's a reason why there's constantly food on television productions. It matters. Yeah. It's not just there for, hey, we get food for fun. You really need it. Yeah. And it also in, and it puts people in a great mood because why are you going to get pissed off about something small when you got yogurt-covered pretzels yeah. over at the craft service table? There you go. And I do moderation. Moderation. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I, – I, again – I had a cookie yesterday. I do moderation. I'm yeah. good with like giving myself one chocolate treat a day. Yeah. I don't I won't do two. I think that's if safe. I'm gonna have 
yogurt at lunch, mm-hmm. you're not getting it at, at dinner, Brody. You're going to have to go with nuts, antioxidant, cranberry nuts <laughs> I, from 7-Eleven. That's a little plug for uh, cranberry nuts. I want to know what the craziest thing at Best Damn Sports Show you saw was. Cause there's- Donald Trump. Wow. Tie in because he's hosting yeah. tonight. No. The craziest thing I saw, I saw a guy get bit by a snake. I saw Pat Croce, the owner of the of the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, get bit by a snake. Oh, God. That happened. Was it, was it like a Jack Hanna type guy where he like brings out a snake? Like, hey, this is a snake from the Amazon. Oh, God, it's biting the owner. Well, he, the owner of the, uh, yes, well, yeah, <laughs> it was in a, it was in a, it was actually like in an aquarium, yeah. an empty aquarium. Is that what they call it? Where they, yeah, yeah. A fish tank. Yeah, it's a recycling. Yeah. It's a snake tank. Yeah, snake tank. So the snake was in there and it was Jeremy Roenick was on the show. Yeah. He would co-host sometimes. Hockey player. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, good. And he's NBC. This thing about Best Damn Sports Show, you know how many people came through that show? No. That are... St- Oh. Chris, well, Chris Rose. Okay, Chris Rose. So Jalen Rose. John yeah. Sally. John Sally. Yeah. But, wow. But he, I love John. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking. Big time. Who's gone from there, still going. Love John Sally. Yeah. Three time. But has like uh, award winning podcasts and has like primetime commentators. I will say that Stephen A. Smith came through there. Did he really? Yeah. Michael Strahan. Did you know when you met Stephen A. Smith that he would be as uh, have a, such a fruitful career? No, I mean, I, th- I thought he was already, like, famous for oh, Fox okay. Sports. But, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, like, what he is now. Yeah. Definitely not as controversial. But he would no. always come in. Like, I would have candy. He'd always want the candy first, like, before the bags open. You hear, you heard it here first. So Stephen would want the Stephen candy. Stephen Smith loves like, candy. Brody, I see that you're reaching for that Kit Kat bar. Yeah. I just want to say that that looks like a Kit Kat bar that I would like to have before you put your hands on it. Also, oh. Kobe's going for 40 tonight. <laughs> and if you want oh. to discriminate against that decision by me, to say that if and it will be give me that Kit Kat bar. Very nice. Thank I you. like that. Thank, Thank you. you. I've been looking for applause on that one. I wanted to bring a sound effect machine. That was good. He would uh Stephen he would joke with me because it was very like you know, saying I'm look Arabic kind of thing. Like a joke. Like right. oh Osama. Like a joke. And I would call him I would call him Urkel with a goatee. <laughs> so I'd come back at him. He liked it. So he Great would he would come at me. How do you come back from Urkel with a goatee? He, he'd call me like yeah. Osama. I go keep it going for Urkel with a goatee. <laughs> he would do that. Chris would go. I'd go. I was an athlete, and then I go. Chris is an athlete too. I say, yeah. I go. He was uh, in Ohio. Chris Rose. I go second team uh, all state hopscotch. <laughs> So I had that for Chris. Tom would always do, like, Brody's. Uh, keep it Tom going for Arnold. Tom, yeah. Tom Arnold would go, Brody, he's a, he's, he served. He's a good guy. He was over He was over in Iraq. Or he was over in the, the Gulf War. He was an Iraqi soldier. So Tom always <laughs> set me up for that. Yeah. And then every day Michael Irvin would come over when he would That's we right. would start the show. So I'd have him come over, and we'd do, like, five minutes. He'd, like, make fun of me for, like, being... I don't know. Like he always thought Brody like a virgin. Like the, they always, Brody doesn't get girls. And come on. And I go. And then he was Michael would talk about going to the airport. Pull. I'd pull him over. Just like <laughs> driving while black or whatever. We would joke around. Basically, that's huge. That's great for you, by the way, to have that for the audience too. To have some sort of like. Oh yeah, they would love it because they trust you too. They're like, oh well, Michael yeah. Irvin and Tom Arnold guys love this guy. Like, yeah. Likes this guy. There's that, and I yeah. bring them over. It makes it for a better show. I remember every guest I would be on. Most every guest, I'd always go off to this like because they'd be behind a door. Or like be by themselves, and would come mm-hmm. over, come over and get a rocket. Good job. Yeah, you know, like it would be a lot of times it'd be like a college kid just drafted, like some number one pick. Yeah. So they would come on the show and they do well, right? And they see me 
doing my thing for them. So when you get a photo after, it's like a real photo. That's why I have a lot of good photos yeah. because these guys so actually, many. you get them after you work with them, after they see what you do, and they're grateful, usually. Most guys were. Yeah, because it's one thing if you if they don't know who you are and, and you just say, let, let me get a photograph. But like once you've built up that rapport... And it's great. And it's a different look yeah. in their eye. And yeah. uh, all and all of our listeners should definitely follow you on Instagram at Brody is me friend. You got it. Based off Tony and Mr. Lee, my bus boys in New York, mm-hmm. uh, from Albania and uh, Hong Kong. Brody, you good guy, you me friend. Brody, mm-hmm. you good guy, you me friend. And that's an homage to Tony and Mr. Lee. And enjoy it. Enjoy it. That's an homage to the lady who worked at McDonald's in Tempe, Arizona my freshman year. And I was kind of really? homesick, 1988. I, I would go to McDonald's there on just uh, east of uh, Apache and uh, rural Maine is what it's also called. Anyway, so I would go there. I'd read the L.A. Times. I think I'd, on Sunday, bring in the L.A. or maybe the Arizona Republic, but I think the L.A. Times because mm-hmm. we used to get it. Sunday, and I'd read, and I remember I'd go up to the the counter, right? So I'd I'd order, and I would. Uh, she had a little bit of a like a loose arm kind of thing, like sure. one of the arms. Yeah, something was not right with the sort arm. Of my little league coach. There you go. Yeah, something and was. He would try to hug you with it, and it was not comfortable. Right, it just it would just flap. It would flap, <laughs> and he would wave you like, over. By the way, when I was when I was a fat kid going for a triple. Which, by the way, he scolded me for after. He's like, don't ever do that again. He's like, you're going to get out every time. And, but he would, he would try to wave me around, but like, I couldn't tell if he was waving me or telling me to stop because the arm was so stubborn. Right, or mixing mixing. Uh, I couldn't tell espresso. if he was trying to... T- <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell if he was involved in a mime exercise right. or if he was maybe telling me to steal. Maybe he's doing an impression of the wacky, waving, inflatable, arm-flailing tube man that's out for a car dealership. Are those even still there? Those should be taken out. <laughs> <laughs> enough, right? Yeah. Enough I, is enough. Well, See ya. I, 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 I think Trump would get a few more votes. He's like, you know what we're going to get rid of? We're going to get rid of the wacky, waving, inflatable, inflating tube men. I don't like them. We're going to build a wall around them. We're going to send them wow. to Mexico. They're going to pay for it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Great impression also. Thank you. It's the most luxurious impression that I have. Look, it's good. It's good. I love yeah. impressions. Yeah. Fun. Do you do I, any? No. I mean, I can if I thought about it. But what we're, we were talking about, uh, the, the hand. Yes. Oh, yeah. enjoy, enjoy it. it. Enjoy it. Right. Yeah. McDonald's. McDonald's. So it'd be a Sunday, 1988. I love fall in Arizona, like on Sundays in the fall. Yeah. Like a Sunday today. We're in fall now, yeah. right? Yeah. I would uh, like well, drive. It's perfect weather. Exactly. Perfect. I would drive out to deep in the, like Mesa out there and just breathe and the mounds and the openness and the, the flatness. Actually, the flatness made me, I got homesick for hills. Because it's so flat. I mean, it's pretty much flat in Phoenix for the yeah. most part. So that was kind of a weird thing. But Homesick for Hills, by the way, sounds like the next follow-up to The Notebook. I like that. Homesick <laughs> yeah. for Hills. Homesick for Hills. I like that. The next Nicholas Sparks novel. Yeah. Why do I know who that author Homesick is? Homesick for the Hills. That Homesick wrote, wrote The Notebook? For the Hills. For the Hill? Homesick for the Hills. Yeah, starring Brody, Stephen Brody Stevens. Stephen Brody Stevens. <laughs> and, Zach, and Zach Efron. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Brody Stevens, obviously, playing the romantic lead, has way better arms than Zach. Than yep. Than He's Zach got good Efron. arms. My arms are probably longer than Zach's. Which is why they're better. <laughs> well, he's got he's buff now. That guy's like ripped. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> but Strong I, diet. I would... Uh, ex- diet's everything, they say. <laughs> so I would go to the McDonald's, speaking of diet, and so I would order a number one, like a Big Mac special. Big Mac. Like <laughs> is that what man. it's called? I think the Big Mac special. 
<laughs> you mean the number one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, well, they always have to correct you. Why it's can't they spe- just say hey, yes? It's special to me. Yeah. yeah. I don't get it all the time. Big Mac special. Well, it's a special, special sauce. Yeah. yeah. Making it specific. Specifically <laughs> special. <laughs> specifically special. Stevens <laughs> making it specifically special. <laughs> say that five times fast. Homesick for the Hills on a specifically special Sunday night. Stephen Brody Stevens. This, serendipity this fall on the cw <laughs> there you go so where does enjoy it coming to play with this mcdonald's thank barista? you very much yeah. thank you very much well barista <laughs> this was before baristing <laughs> you had coffee time. plantation actually this is nice. before starbucks so and i learned to drink coffee in seattle nobody went to starbucks back in the day starbucks yeah. was like the enemy in 1994 up in seattle mm-hmm. oh i better wrap the story up because we, we do have to go to the can, can can you give us 10 more minutes yes awesome okay. i'm watching the clock Hi, everybody. I'm Stephen <laughs> SBS. I'm Stephen SBS. So I would go there, and I would order the number one, you know, and I'd come back, and I remember she would slide it over on the metal. It was like a metal counter back then. She mm-hmm. would, like, enjoy. She was, like, very happy with the food. It was like she took pride in her job. Wow. And yeah. she'd go, look you in the eye, but she had the little arm, and she would shuffle the tray over. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. Giving you that energy. Enjoy. She wasn't just giving you a Big Mac special. She was giving you the Big Mac special was code for positive energy. There you go. I've gotten through these. I gotten through. If you want to call it a, dis, a disability, yeah. I don't. I call it an, an opportunity. Yeah. I'll take that disability mm-hmm. into an opportunity. I like it. Enjoy. Wow. That so resonated. It did. But then. But then. And this was like the clincher. Mm-hmm. I'm already throwing around, enjoy it, enjoy it. You know, baseball players, we pick up on stuff, you know, sure. words. I'm better than you, simple. Or enjoy it, of course, was one. So then, maybe a few weeks later, I was going through the Wendy's drive-thru. Oh, you treacherous pig. On, uh, on, on rural, okay. just uh, south of Apache, Maine, around the corner, around the corner from sure. the McDonald's. Going through the drive-thru, I order a double. No onions, no pickles, no tomatoes. The combination, and I'd also like a frosty. Yeah, and they were chocolate, but they, yeah. they were cho- you had no choice chocolate. It was they didn't have vanilla back then. No. you just had to say frosty. Yeah, but I think I spe- I would specify chocolate frosty because they were always chocolate. I go, I'd like a small chocolate frosty. <laughs> so you get when you're like, thank you for listening to my order. Yeah, right. I appreciate because it. they didn't have that option back no. then. <laughs> So I remember I, I, I went, it was the drive through this time, and I drove through, pulled around to the, the window, and I, lo and behold, I see that little hand. Oh, my God. I see that hand cradling that small chocolate frosty. And it was, uh, I saw it. <laughs> and I pulled up, and um, it was with the Frosty, the hand. No. And I also had a burger coming, too. Let's be honest. I was waiting on that. Sure. <laughs> Let's not Enjoy. Admit. Enjoy. She's following you around. Wait, wait. You're at Wendy's? <laughs> you care so much about your job, your fast food Delivery. Energy. Delivery. Energy. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to Wendy's. I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick them up. I'm gonna get that McDonald's running how it needs to run. <laughs> because I have pride. Sure. I have Tempe 
pride. Yeah. And then I'm going to go to Win- I'm going to go to Wendy's around the corner and share my good fortune and work the drive-through, yeah. get in there and get the positive push. The care. The care. She's- it might not even be a positive. She just cares. She's like the Larry Brown of fast food employees. She goes she she goes to a fast food restaurant, sure. builds it up, gets it running. Wins a championship. Right yeah, right right when it with starts the customer. Yeah, right starts when it starts getting its own legs and she goes, you know what? My work is done here. And she moves on to the next one. Yeah. She's like that. She but That's I think great. she I think she left on good terms, whereas Larry Brown and me, we leave on bad terms. <laughs> Keith Oberman, bad terms. Brody <laughs> Because that's what happens. I just clash, and it's a, you know I've had my run-ins. That's the funny thing about Hollywood show business. Mm-hmm. You could have a bad show or not be their particular kind type for whatever reason, mm-hmm. or do something wrong, and you get fired. It's like you're gone. They don't call you back. You're not in the. You're gone. Yeah. Whereas like in sports, they'll go. You know, try and do. I'm not saying always like yeah. that, but a lot of times it's you're gone. Whereas in sports, like you can go to AAA, get it going again. Yeah. But I feel like in sometimes freaking, in the freaking Greg Hardy. Oh, you oh, you that the guy's woman. trash. He's yeah, got it. Yeah, you threw you, you, you threw a girl on a bed full of guns. Eh. Here's the deal. That Take guy come back. I won't. I'm not. Here's an example. There's a lot of guys like me. I guarantee you there's a lot of guys who don't watch football because of. Not specifically the Greg Hardy, but yeah. now more so that it's out in this dead spin thing. Yeah. People don't like that. Yeah. They don't, they don't, it's bad It's bad energy. And you have to respond Horrible to that. energy. The Cowboys or the NFL has to take action. It's bad because I haven't watched one down of football. Not one. Wow. It's, it's, a, it's protesting. You're forcing the fantasy on me, the fantasy football. You're letting the Greg Hardy thing is not... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of that. Let's be honest; those FanDuel commercials, by the way, are creepy as hell. All those guys seem are very slime balls. They're slime balls. They seem yeah. so stressed. They seem like they just got done jerking off in their friend's basement, <laughs> and then had to go. Be, and then, and then they're on camera telling someone how much they won when they when they actually lost double the amount they're saying they won, and they're not even thinking about the commercial they have to film. They're thinking about how they have to tell their wife and or girlfriend, soon to be ex-wife or girlfriend, that they lost said amount. So they're, they're so like, FanDuel's the greatest ever. I won $5,500 yeah. because I picked the Cardinals to win every, every week's a new season, man. Oh, you're like, man. dude, who's holding the gun to your dick and why are you sweating <laughs> through your ears? This is not normal, Scott or Ted. Um, I want to talk I, about... It is Adam Ray's book, Who's Holding the Gun to Your Dick, (laughs) coming out later this winter. Well, unless Judy Bloom's already done it. Now, I want to know, we have five minutes left, and we have to talk about this. Um, Tatum Brody. Oh, Oh, yeah, Seattle. Seattle. So uh, when you get up to Seattle, because when I saw you uh, at a Best Damn Sports Show taping Mm -hmm. in 2003, while I was a sophomore at SC, Mm -hmm. uh, and my buddies came down from Seattle for the summer, and we went, and that was a crazy moment for all of us, and... You've had an influential – that was big to me because seeing Tatum Brody on public access in Seattle, first of all, gave me a first taste of like, oh, wow, these guys are so funny and they were – you were famous in Seattle. you know. And in my eyes, I'm like, well, this show should be on like regular TV because mm-hmm. you guys were that entertaining and just something was – 
coming through the TV in a very like low budget show, but you guys, the way that you took the calls and interacted with each other was was very um, uh, the the chemistry and uh, it just shined through the TV. So Thank then you. to see you doing in our eyes, best known sports show was one of the biggest sports shows still to this day of all time. Combining comedy and sports like that with celebrities and jokes and and sketches was great. And then so we see you. At the helm of that, like as you like as you were saying, like you we thought you were running that show, orchestrating the studio. Yes. That was a huge <laughs> deal for me because I was like, "Holy shit!" This like it was inspiring on many levels. That because you, you went won't... from a public access show in Seattle to the best damn sports show. Yeah. So yeah, well, yeah, I did, I did, yeah, uh, and it also uh, just seemed. Um, also, it gave me a lot of. I was like, "Oh, cool!" People recognized what I saw. Uh, when I was watching on public access, which I don't know if um, uh, there are, there's got to be clips of this online, right? Tim? There's a Brody? few. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have um, a bunch of tapes. Yeah, the, some. At some point, I'm going to want to make a documentary about that. The maybe the world of public access, and maybe you're at the helm. Well, there of it is for, one actually. It's the the Jeffro Bronk work. There's a actually a cable access documentary. I think it just came out. Really. really? Is Shannon Kringen involved in it? I think so, <laughs> yeah. You, now, for the listeners who don't know who Shannon Kringen is, wow. she is the 300-pound woman who... By the way, this is my... She was more like 200. <laughs> You're right. But, You're go right. ahead. You're right. 300 was a theme. Theme of this podcast. <laughs> or, you know, Butch Wolf, a 300... She was 300 feet sure. tall. <laughs> she was... You know what? You're right. She wasn't three bills because... Um, because even at uh, as high school Adam, I was like those 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 tits don't look that bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she, I was, mean, I wasn't into it, but her that. <laughs> well, I'm straight. You I mean, been, I'm straight. You maybe been with that. women at that point. I had not. Yes, I had been. Uh, I, I was on cable access. Yeah. Show. <laughs> of course, he was with women. This show preceded Tane and Brody. All right, we got a few minutes left. Two minutes. This show preceded Tane and Brody, uh, or came after. I can't remember the Shannon Kringen show. I think she was on a little bit before, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that was like a block. I think. That was like, if you were to say, like, Thursday Night TV, like, Friends, Seinfeld, Cheers. Mm-hmm. That, that It was Shannon Kringen, Dr. Bruce Howard, yeah. who's like a crazy yeah. Satan. I don't know if you say eighth. He was crazy. Yeah. yeah. But it was interesting. Um, what do they have? The... the the bowl challenge, the yeah. smoke of bowl challenge, yes. bong hit cha- championships. How long are you gonna hit the bong hit? I love that. Um, During your time on that show, I want to oh, know what yeah. did you what did you uh, take from that? The, what do you okay. What are your fond What are your fondest memories of that show? Um, whether it was weird calls or Seattle in general, the okay. vibe of it that you took to L.A. And what do you, if you could go back and go, oh man, now with this experience I have, if I was if I had a show again on TV, right? Like that. Okay. Well, thank you for all that. Yeah. And this this will be my dismount. Yeah, <laughs> but we, this could be a whole show. I know. Well, sure. you're this coming, is teasing part two. You're coming back. Yeah. I'll come back. Yeah, I'll come back soon. Okay, good. Parking wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> so when I went up to Seattle, I felt like I had to handle comedy. I wanted to handle it like baseball. Yeah. Very like get everything out that I learn everything about it, books, doing it. Just soaking the way, but I always, yeah, you know, I had to work too. It wasn't like I understand, like, I, but I would stay with my family. I didn't have that pressure of like you're going to be homeless. You have to make money. I had the luxury of being able to stay in Mercer Island or Renton or Bellevue, where I was with some family, nice parts of town, exactly, and uh, get 
acclimated and so i worked at the comedy club at the comedy underground so i learned about how like a three-person show on the road is run the fundamentals of comedy seating a room i was so nervous even to make the off mic intro before the show it was like i wasn't comfortable like that yeah but i learned everything about it and i would do the open mics that was about it and there was a couple this early on there's a couple comedians there who were had a cable access show and they had a little bit of a following. It was like these guys got like followers and yeah. they you know, interesting. And they're not weren't like the most amazing comedians. I thought they were pretty good, but it's like, wow, they got a whole other thing going on. Yeah. yeah. So I followed around a comedian, Drew Marks, I don't know if you know him, like a long there. time ago. Yeah. I said, Can I go see you perform down like in the you know, Renton or Federal Way or wherever it was. Yeah. yeah. And then he, so I went with them, watched like a bar gig, and then he came back to the cable access studio. Just like hang, help out with theirs, hang on the audience. And I went there. I go, wow, there's like a TV show here. There's crew. There's guys doing this stuff, and it's fun. All right. And then I'm thinking, like, how can I do that? Because it's practice. Yep. I'm all going to do it. And then yep. you go, oh, yeah, there's this new hotline studio coming out where you don't have to hire crew. I didn't want to hire crew. No. I didn't want to have to, like, go to a study a... And I can tell you how I got into Cairo Sports, too. I was an intern. I went to Bellevue Community College. I went back to school to sign up because I officially had to to go be work at Cairo Sports and interview guys at the Kingdom. I'd go down to the Kingdom, interview Randy Johnson, Mike Blowers, Edgar Martinez. See. Scary. Randy. Yeah. Yeah, scream to me once. It's spring, it's spring training because yeah. I put a baseball in his I face. get it. I he get goes, it. Back away from the truck. I get I'll it. Never forget it. That's a scary feeling. I get that. And 6'10 I, I, coming down at you? Yeah, it's a scary guy who went to USC. Yeah. There you go. Fight on. So I met him at the X Games. He said he wouldn't take a picture of me because he said, I don't trust what you're going to do with it on the internet. Randy Johnson, if you're listening, you are a dick. Wow. Go on my Flickr site. I have a photo of Randy Johnson. Yes, you got it. Positive push. So jealous. So anyway, with the cable access, I saw they're getting stage time. Wow, TV time. So that this whole hotline studio came out. They go, take a half-hour class, and then you're on. You can take calls. Wow. The cameras are locked down. So I did a, I, I, I did that, and I, I did with James Inman, who was a popular comedian up there. We did like 10 shows. We would argue. He was kind of like... Crazy lib, not crazy liberal, but liberal. I was more Arizona conservative mm-hmm. angle. Like, what's with these bike protests? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. We would argue, and then Batana Manu yeah. is like was super funny. We got along. He kind of also was a positive energy guy. He yeah. validated this like positive. He, he's from the islands. He's a good guy. He, but he also lived in Arizona, so he got that Arizona energy. Totally. And he also had family up in Seattle. I had family. He lived there. So Tana was just a great guy. Everybody liked him. And so we started, somehow we got started doing the show. And then it just like took off. And Tana was very funny. Taught me a lot about, we influenced each other. Yeah. And we didn't curse, really, because you could do whatever you want on that. Yeah. We, we would go and go to the porn convention and interview these poor girls and not show nudity. Yeah. Not, we could easily have done that. Yeah. So my theory, my feeling behind the cable access show was like, this is TV. We're on, you know, you got Leno on four or whatever. NBC, you got Brody and Tana there, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah. So in my eyes, I'm doing a TV show. I'm playing to the camera, live camera without a net, taking calls. Then you just made it goofy. And that's what I did it. So I did it as a training and also yeah, training. And I, I knew I'd get people yelling at me on the street, Jews and Samoans rule the world. Yes, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so I had like a little bit of a follow. We yeah. did. Love it. But I felt like it was hurting my stand-up. And it, it wasn't uh, 
Okay, a couple more. I, I, it wasn't. It felt like it was hurting my stand up because I felt like I was becoming this Brody Tana TV guy, and it wasn't truly who I was. Yeah. So I felt like that's why I want to go to New York. I felt like I tapped out in Seattle, meaning like you start there. So I became, you know, a host. Yeah. A couple guest spots, and then Joey Diaz said to me, "Craig Gass is up there. Josh Wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's others too." Um, Mitch Hedberg for a time. Little I remember seeing Mitch Hedberg, yeah. right? He was up there for like five months when I was there. And he would hang out with Jeff Masterson, who's the one who did the cable access show. And he told me, he said, Brody, there's going to be thousands of channels. Just keep doing what you're doing. It's good. And he was right. And you know what? Yeah. He was right. And then he he committed suicide. I hate to be a downer. Yeah. <laughs> but do you have any more McDonald's and Joy stories? <laughs> Sorry. Any, no, but you actually, hey, I'm glad he told me that. Yeah. You know, so you, you kind of like keep performing. You, re, you give respect to that. That guy really did tell me. He wasn't the greatest guy in the world. He kind of rubbed, but he was, he's blunt, but he was, saw, he believed in me and told yeah. me, do that. Yeah. So I, I did that. And uh, when I remember I moved back here to L.A., he would call me sometimes. You know, these guys from Seattle would call me, and it was, it was nice when people spoke on the phone. But I did that, and I just felt like, okay, Joey Diaz said, Brody, you got to go to New York. you got to go, like, they'll get you there. You can just talk. Just go there. Mm-hmm. And my friend, Mike Brazell, who I grew up with, he was a coach of the Yankees. He got the job his, with, through Joe Torre and yeah. all that stuff. Joe Torre, with the, it all comes together. Was that the Yankees in '96? Then won the World Series. Brody come out here, and then I said, "Okay, I can do surf free." That's where I studied all the New York stuff. I always wanted to go as a kid. I was just, you know, I had something to wanting to go there. Yeah. So I went there. So that's when I just jumped. Same thing, just open mic surf reality. Uh, but I had to work. I worked at Red Robin in Seattle. I sold the T-shirts for the Supersonics public speaking. And then when I went to New York, I was a tour guide at Radio City. I did everything where I could talk, 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 train myself to be fearless in any city, New York City. I had yeah. to go there. Yeah. But I wasn't like a comedy store or comedy seller guy or right. comic strip. I wasn't there. So, And a lot of these guys knew me as a barker. That's the thing. Like I felt like it took me years to get over, oh, David Tell. Oh, you do comedy too? I didn't realize that. You're a barker. Godfrey. Front, getting people to come in. Exactly. Yeah. Jim Norton. But not that I hold it against them. Yeah. But guys like Greg Giraldo was always super nice to me. The guys were nice. Yeah. Judah was super nice yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. But... A lot of these guys, they would you know, get over that hump. Yeah. I think I'm over it now, but for sure you are. New York was where I really like just... Seattle, I found my voice. New York, I honed it. I found my voice in Seattle. And then mm-hmm. I took what I liked about it and what was good. Like guys told me, Brody, just talk. Do this. So then I went to New York, kind of kept that same feeling. And I did that. And so many of my friends from New York, that's a whole other story, working out here in L.A. I started open mics with Alex Sulkin, Family Guy, yeah, Ted. Yeah. So you the take... Sulk on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. You take pride in that. You take a feel like, hey, I'm, we did open mics together. We'd hang out. I'm telling, I, I guarantee you, a couple of those characters are based off Brody. You got it. <laughs> but those are little things that give you confidence, moral connections, even if it's the 1% thing. Found your voice in Seattle, flexed it in New York. Flexed it in New York. And, and then brought it through L.A. to the world so that everybody can enjoy, enjoy it. You got it. Uh, I want to know the, the Let's mom. Do, I want to do a whole other thing. We will. We will. You're, gonna, you're coming back, but I want to know, because uh, your mom's a big supporter of you, what is the, her best compliment of Brody's comedy in your career? The oh, best compliment wow. your mom's ever thrown to you. Yeah. But the best compliment? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good or bad. The best thing she said to you about something she's seen you do. She's always proud. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think overall she's proud that like, I made. I'm. She's. Oh, I'll tell you what. My mom is proud like about. My mom she, just sent me an email saying they're making a new uh, Sherlock Holmes movie with uh, Daniel Craig. I think you'd be great in it. You should try to get in that. My mom is not that way okay. at all. <laughs> my mom treats. My mom yells at me. Mm-hmm. My mom is. I, she doesn't. She doesn't. She doesn't necessarily get it. Is what I'm saying. She like when I do my smile. I hate your smile. Like she doesn't. She knows me. Yeah. She she knows me as little Steven. You know she doesn't quite get Brody. Okay. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, but right. she appreciates that I made it on my own. She always you know you made it on your own, which I did because I didn't have any family in the business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I cut through it. So she appreciates. You're not related that. to Cat Stevens. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not related to. <laughs> I like that you went through like every I did. celebrity in your head. Connie Stevens is someone. Connie Stevens, Stevens. <laughs> but so my mom is like that. So that's very. Has she seen your stand up? Yeah, I mean, I'm comfortable with her coming to shows yeah. like that. I'm over that. She's funny. She even though she, I don't want to be on camera, and I'm respectful of her. You know, yeah. she's older. I don't. Want, I want her to, you know, look good. But she's been to best damn sports shows. She's been to my shows. So in terms of like, I'm nervous. My mom's here. It's like I'm not. Well, Brody, which is nice. You always have, you always have a, that positive energy, and you got it. Anyone that comes to see you will leave your show with with positive energy themselves. Well, they will see Guaranteed. a mathemat- mathematical uh, formula take place. You know what? I, I do the main room tonight at the comedy mm-hmm. store. I'll awesome. Close it, so I do close to an hour at the end. From That's like, amazing. I'll do from twelve thirty yeah. to one thirty, <laughs> and it's a lot of crowd work. And it's yeah. a lot of where are you from? What do you do? Boom, boom, this, that, and then I'll go. Did any other comedians ask that? No. Why is it me? Three hours into the show, <laughs> I'm celebrating your birthday now. <laughs> Nobody else mentioned it because they don't care. And then you walk around and go, I want to feel you. I want to feel you. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I can do that kind of out-of-the-box stuff, it's late at night. There's no other comedian after me. Right. I would yeah. never, like, do it totally to no. throw off a show. So you've got to – it's just put out energy. Just get that going. See where that – go from there. Yeah. Successful people will tell you that's, you know, something you want to have. And on that note, I'm Stephen Brody Stevens. <laughs> Positive push. Yes. You got it. Enjoy. <laughs> Subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast. Give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, 
Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.